Hello and welcome to episode two of In Focus. This week we are talking about audio, how to use it, how to record it, and why it's so important to get it right. I'm your host, Michael Lunt, and joining me is Ralph Cochran. We are filmmakers who help businesses with content creation, and we each have our own respective businesses and over a decade's worth of experience each in the video production Has it been that long, Mike? Yeah, it seems like it's... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's been a lot shorter, but things keep changing. It seems like we have yeah, to keep refreshing, I think. <laughs> so when it comes to audio, people are pretty unforgiving. Let's be honest, we've all stopped um, our fair share of YouTube videos. I've got really poor quality audio. Um, we just don't like the sound bit and we'll just move on to the next thing. And there's a number of factors that can cause that to happen. So Ralph, I want you to tell me and the listeners a horror story of when audio went wrong for you on set, on location, wherever it was, it happened during a shoot. Um, I think I've got a few stories. So probably the worst thing that can happen is when your audio just breaks. So you break a microphone um, or if you're using wireless transmission between the camera and your subject, particularly at trade shows, it tends to be so busy, so many Wi-Fi hotspots, which a lot of these more modern microphones are using that you experience dropouts almost inevitably it's when they're saying something really important Uh, I mean the flip side recently I was in Africa filming as you do um, or as I do anyway and um, I was filming somebody really important and then in the background there was like a chicken squawk just as they stopped speaking and in my head I was just thinking that's really good because he'd he'd actually taken a pause there so in post-production I can take that out But I think the big thing is audio, to me, you've got to take your time with it. You've got to use the right equipment. Uh, But you've almost got to expect that you're going to have a few issues and you've got to find your path. So I wouldn't say it's exactly black magic, like certainly live streaming can be. um, But it's up there as being something that can get very stressful very quickly when it doesn't work. Like, I think we can all assume that when you use a a camera whatever type of camera it is they're usually pretty robust at this point so when you're recording on it chances of something going wrong are slim with audio with that many frequencies and things like that traveling around especially if you're using wireless equipment there's just a multitude of things that can go wrong i remember i was filming a commercial on a baseball field with a client of mine and for some reason the audio just kept dropping out And I was using microphones that we'll go into in a little bit further into the episode that use Wi-Fi. There's no reason why those should drop. What it was inside of the cable, I couldn't see it because it was inside a sleeve, just like a set of Apple headphones or something like that. The the wire had frayed. So it was hit and miss whether it would make a connection between the module on top of the camera and the, the wire that was actually going into the camera, whether it would actually work. And we ended up having to hold the the wire together on top of the camera, just kind of putting pressure on it to keep that connection solid while they were recording their segment. And then, of course, when we got back to the office, we reviewed it, figured out what was wrong, and we ordered new cables. Um, hindsight's twenty twenty, so now we have spare cables <laughs> in case that happens again. But it's something that you need to be aware of. Sometimes the problem can't be fixed. It's not turn it off turn it on again kind of situation it's a wire broken that you can't possibly fix so yeah you have to really think about 
the what ifs when it comes to audio if you want to be able to fix it especially in ralph's case you know filming someone who's very important you don't get a second chance usually at getting those interviews so you've got to have everything you need the first time around um, and that kind of leads me on to the next thing I want to talk about, which is mic placement in an interview setting, for an example. Ralph, have you got any tips on like kind of where the best places are to place microphones? The best place for the voice to be picked up is actually the sternum. And then another one, which I'm going to steal, but I can't, I knew, I already knew this, Mike. I'm going to steal from your special report. And that is to turn the microphone down if you've not got a pop filter or a, a guard on the microphone and you're worried about p -p 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 this kind of sound uh, or somebody who talks quite loudly you can turn the microphone down conversely if it's a really noisy environment you might want to turn the microphone the other way and just place it where I said kind of down towards the sternum to pick up the best booming voice it's it's also worth noting as well that in an ideal world, all of our interviewees would wear button-down shirts that we can feed the wires through. But more often than not, you're dealing with people that don't wear button-down shirts. Some people wear a dress, Mike. Well, there is that as well. So sometimes you can play, if they're wearing like a strapped dress, you can put it on there. You can put the microphone on a collar. Sometimes you're limited. What I would advise against is things like clipping it to a t-shirt on the front because then it starts to bunch the t-shirt up and it doesn't look quite nice remember that while audio is really important if your interviewee then looks like crap because of the way that you've dressed them with a microphone you're kind of doing them a disservice as well so look at your subject and figure out where is the best place to put that microphone in this situation and the other thing as well is um, microphone gain slash volume make sure that you are not recording at a level that is causing that audio to peak or that is recording that audio to barely be recorded. Both Ralph and I have worked in this industry long enough to know microphones that are too low where you can barely hear the person as they're speaking. When you boost that in post-production, it sounds like crap because you're not only boosting the voice, you're also boosting all the noise that was around them at the time. And most of us aren't fortunate enough to record in a soundproof booth for an interview. We're recording in their environment, whether it's their office or wherever. I know Ralph has got a story about recording too loud, so I'm gonna let him tell us about that. Well, I think first of all, um, we all make mistakes and that's how you learn. So I've definitely Absolutely. recorded too low. I think it might even have been you, Mike, back in the day who pointed out that I got everything turned down because I'd read it or watched it on some YouTube video um, about the particular camera I was using. And then going the other way is actually even worse. So if you have somebody who speaks too loudly, you get what's called clipping. And when you look at the audio waveform guide, you kind of don't get that smooth curve. It's it's just clipped at the top. And it's really hard to recover. Probably the best example I can give you is if you go and film at a pop concert or a, you know just a music recital or something like that, just at normal settings, it will be blown out. It will. You can't recover yeah. that kind of audio. Now, there are quite a lot of software products that try and fix this in post-production. A couple of them are Crumple Pop, which uh, we've used a lot, which are plugins for things like Final Cut Pro. Um, and there's also Isotope. It's spelled I-Z-O-I-Z-O -I -I for you, Mike, um, who <laughs> are from Boston. And I uh, spent a bit of time with them 
if you can hear the music actually behind me, there's somebody on a somebody on a boat, I think, down on the river. If you can't, then my <laughs> microphone's amazing. Um, but yeah, Isotope is another one that tries to stop this blown out audio. So although I yeah. do agree with you about having things turned down too low, I'd almost rather that than blown out at the other end when things are turned up too high. It's a bit like the exposure. Anyone who's listening, who's worked with cameras before, if you overexpose something and you didn't shoot in RAW, it's almost impossible to get those details back. Think about when you do audio leveling, it's the same kind of deal. It's an audio exposure. How much you're exposing that microphone to the noises that it's receiving. It is absolutely better to have it too low than too high, um, but you want to be aiming for you know the middle ground if you can you know i like to tell people aim for minus six to minus one in decibel level that's going to give you the best rounded sound and you can always boost it a little bit in post if you want to after the fact and then also when it comes to that make sure whatever you do that your batteries are charged 100 percent before you go into an interview with someone if you are recording audio with a really important interviewee like Ralph has been fortunate enough. He's he's done interviews with people like the chairman of the World Bank. Could you imagine what it would be like to record those very important, very busy people and have your microphone cut out halfway through his interview? You are not going to be able to call the World Bank and say, hey, any chance we can get the chairman again? <laughs> like that was your opportunity. Don't screw it up. Batteries are invaluable make sure they're charged. Different microphones have different ways of dealing with power as well. So some of them are powered from the camera. Some of them have gotten on board battery. These smaller ones have got rechargeable. So you get about five hours from these. The newer ones, these do actually tell you how much they're charged, which we never used to have. So we used to just carry a lot of batteries in the past. The other thing, if you want to be successful with your audio recording is environment control. We're not all fortunate, as I said before, to be able to control our environments, but there are things that we can make better for the environment. We filmed in busy corridors, we filmed in really busy outdoor environments. It is possible to still capture usable, very powerful audio. The best way to do that, however, is to keep people away from where the interview is happening, corral them in a different direction and keep them away from the microphone that's kind of the protected piece on that interviewee is the bit that's recording their audio if you can keep people away from that generally you're okay even in this environment right now recording a podcast in my studio space we have white noise makers that divide up the offices so that when people are on the phone we can't really hear what's going on next door downside to that is that white noise is constant and it is happening right now while we're recording this audio for the podcast so i need to control the environment as much as possible and there is a like kind of a baffle really around the microphone i have a pop filter on the front of my microphone but then i also have this huge shield with audio foam strapped to it that helps control where the sounds from the room go and also where my voice goes as well so there's less of my voice bouncing off of the environment around me like my desk and things like that and instead it goes into the shield and captures my audio cleanly. So I have to do minimal processing and post. Again, one of those things where controlling the environment the best you can is gonna work for you in the long run. Question I get asked a lot is about smartphones. Um, I think where you really notice 
videos with bad audio. If my image was beautiful, but my audio was terrible, you just switch off. And so I get asked a lot, you know, um, what can I plug into my smartphone that's going to give me better audio? And there's a range of solutions. There's things like the Rode Wireless Go, but there's also some cheaper options, you know, on Amazon for 20, 30 bucks, which plug straight into the phone uh, and are wired lapel microphones just give you that little bit extra. So there are a lot of solutions out there that you can use, which will make your life much better. When it comes to big shoots and things like that, if you happen to be a business owner or if you're a video professional who is recording a lot of information uh, on a shoot and you have a lot of other things going on, if the budget allows for it, bring in a dedicated audio person. That's what these guys do for a living. They have all the equipment that they'll need to record the audio the way that you require it. They'll have constant monitoring. So instead of you having to monitor the focus and the interview and what the sound's doing, you can leave all that up to them and you can just do what you need to to capture the great video and then marry up the great audio that their audio technicians captured for you. If you do happen to be kind of a one-man band, Ralph and I do work together a lot. So I don't know if we fall under the definition of one-man band, um, <laughs> but we we absolutely have been there. Let's just put it that way. The way that you can help yourself is by purchasing good quality audio equipment that requires very little intervention from you during the recording session. So in our case, we've mentioned them earlier. Wi-Fi microphones are a godsend compared to the more widely used radio frequency microphones like those of Sennheiser and, and things like that. Sony as well, I believe, make them. And Rode actually also make them, but they saw Sense and were like, well, there's a better way to do it. Let's use Wi-Fi. Nice thing about Wi-Fi is if you're at an event, you aren't going to get any bleed over from the keynote stage or from the thousands of other camera people that are in the building with you also recording interviews for the BBC or wherever. You get to basically stay on your own frequency, do your own thing and know that you capture in great audio. I mean, Ralph, let's talk about that for a second. The events, you and I have done plenty of them. And how many times have we been asked by those scouts, what frequency are you on? Yeah, I mean, what they're asking is basically, are you interfering with my uh, speaker on the main stage? Are you using the same radio frequency? A little bit like in a, in a car when you're tuning between radio stations. And now there's a range of hardware. You've already mentioned Rode, uh, Sennheiser do it as well, who are just using normal Wi-Fi bands. And so for years, really, I've been using technology like that to avoid this problem. But you still do run into problems because the more people that set up Wi-Fi access points, uh, if you think about a trade show like NAB, the big broadcast show for TV, uh, or CES, I suppose, in Vegas, these are huge. There's a lot of people there, a lot of people using Wi-Fi. You still can experience some problems. And if that was an issue, or if the person you were interviewing was so important that you just can't take the risk, you should switch back to a wired microphone. And the, the cable that we all use, which is the industry standard for audio, is called XLR. There's no reason why the XLR cable shouldn't work. 
Unless in my case, you've got some sort of crimp issue that you can't see through the sheathing. If you're interested in learning more about the different types of microphones available, you can always watch our videos on YouTube. We have a video that's all about choosing the right microphone. And if you're also interested in learning more about the Wireless Go that's made by Rode, then there is a video that shows an unboxing on there. Ralph, actually, real quick, what are your initial thoughts about that wireless go? It looks tiny, but it that sometimes worries me a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think if you travel or if it's your first wireless lapel microphone that you're thinking of, it's a really interesting product. Um, it has a built-in microphone, so it's a tiny little square for those people who've not seen it. Um, I mean, it's barely bigger than a 50 pence piece here in the UK. I don't know what the equivalent would be. Probably a dollar coin. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. not much bigger than that. It's pretty small. Um, they're both, they've got rechargeable batteries, so there's a transmitter and receiver. The receiver, which is what plugs into your camera, has some basically like a little display on it, so it shows you how much battery it's got left. I believe on a full charge, you'll get about five hours of continuous use, which is pretty good. Yeah. And then there's a port on the side, so 3.5 mil jack for a lapel microphone. And as I discovered earlier, it, it's got to be a normal lapel microphone, so basically a professional one. There's a, a few microphones out there that you can plug straight into your phone yeah. Again, using a 3.5 mil jack, they don't work. So there must be something in the electronics um, or the, the way things are put together. Uh, but my thoughts so far, really interesting. I mean, much smaller than the Filmmaker kit, which is, you know, what we've been using for years from Rode. Yeah. So can you actually then replace the Filmmaker kit transmitter and receiver and plug in just the microphone that comes with that Filmmaker kit into the wireless go? Yes, you can. So therefore, you you reduce the size of the pack dramatically. Yeah, I mean, the the clip, actually, when you... It's almost like a belt. Well, it is like a belt clip. But when you open it up, you'll see a series of little teeth on the other side. And they've been custom designed so that this slides into a cold shoe mount. So it's tiny. I mean, I'm I'm a big fan of it because every kilogram or pound 2.2 pounds i guess you would say over there but every kilogram of weight really matters to me on airplanes and other things now yeah. okay my cameras my lenses are going to weigh a lot more than any microphone but i carry two sets i also carry um, a handheld mic like the one i'm speaking to you on right now um, and so ways of reducing the size of things is definitely the way to go. What they haven't done, interestingly, is provide a solution for a handheld mic. And that's where Sennheiser have. So in their range, they have a little like stick that, that plugs into the bottom of your handheld mic. That's really interesting for me because I'm constantly using microphones or a handheld microphone in situations where the Rode solution, which is much bigger and bulkier, looks horrific. And then, of course, you're telling the person you're speaking to, oh, you know, move the microphone down, which normal people don't remember a word you've said once they start being interviewed. Um, but definitely really interesting. As I say in the special report, I feel like we didn't have much innovation in wireless microphones for probably five years or so. And just in the past six months, two of the biggest manufacturers have brought out really interesting products. 
am fascinated by the size of it and and the quality that you get from it and i'm sure at some point we're going to do a video that actually compares the wireless go to the filmmaker kit to see kind of what the differences are there so i'll encourage anyone who's interested in seeing those to go ahead and look at our youtube channel for more unboxing videos gear reviews and tips and tricks and click the bell for notifications um, so that you get told when new videos are released that's kind of everything that ralph and i have to offer on what are the things to remember when recording good audio on your video shoot so ralph what is the main thing you think listeners should remember well i've got a kind of obvious thing and then a technical tip so my obvious thing is to practice even for us the reason that we got into podcasting and live streaming was to practice with the technology and there's so many different things going on particularly if you're on your own uh, that it's very easy to make a mistake and then my technical tip is to find a way of checking what you just did so it's sort of related to it but if you're going to use a smartphone keep the smartphone still of course if you're interviewing somebody but if you've got a, a microphone either on them or on you then record a bit of audio and then play it back to yourself with some headphones and just check that you haven't got the settings set up incorrectly. And the same is true of, of small mirrorless or DSLR style cameras. A lot of the cheaper ones, as I mentioned earlier, don't have a microphone jack. And so if that's the case, you need to take some video and then play it back in order to make sure that your settings are the best they can be. Because once you've filmed something and you've gone back to the office or wherever you're heading, and you find out that the audio is ruined, it's very difficult to fix. That's a good point. I think the thing for me is making sure that your decibel levels are set perfectly for the recording. Again, sticking between that minus six and minus one is a sweet spot for really good audio, in my opinion, and my experience. And the other thing, um, I'm kind of going to springboard off of a technical tip here, and that is label your gear. If you want to make sure that what you're doing is um, correct and you don't really have the brain capacity to think about it because you've got other things going on on the shoot, just label your equipment prior to the shoot. Easily identifiable labels that tell you that this is the receiver and this is the transmitter. I have been there, like I'll put my hands up and tell you that I have plugged in a microphone to a receiver and wondered why it didn't work. And it's because that's not what that pack is designed to do. So if you just label things, you won't run into those issues and you'll make sure that the shoot goes off without a hitch. Remember, looking professional is more than just knowing how to conduct an interview and setting up your equipment. It is about looking calm and collected and knowing what you're doing in front of your client. This podcast is available on Apple. Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and just about anywhere else that you get your podcasts. So just go ahead and search for In Focus Podcast on your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to click the subscribe button to receive notifications as we release new episodes. Mike and I decided to do this podcast to help business owners and new video creators alike, just to understand what goes into a successful video production. So we encourage you to leave feedback. And if there's a topic you want to talk about, leave us a comment in the podcast reviews or on the live stream. You can find us on Facebook and on YouTube. Uh, and of course, post a comment. Let us know. 
That's it for this episode. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time for another episode of In Focus. Mm-hmm.